Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for December 7th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Wednesday evenings, wherever you may be. As always, joined by Taco Man himself and Mr. PlayStation 5. Jesse, what is going on, bro? What up, though, bro? What is going on? Not much, man. Not much, man. Why does it look like you're living in a fucking bat cave, bro? What's going on? What are you, a vampire? I have... Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's fucking living in darkness, man. Holy shit. It's not Monday, bro. Come on, wake up. Wake up, man. I gotta do something about my fucking lighting around here. Hold on. Well, Jesse gets his lighting situation. Listen, I'd rather it be his lighting than his fucking microphone. Uh, While Jesse gets his lighting situated, guys, again, I want to thank you so very much. And Nick Williams, thank you for the $100 Super Chat right at the top, man. Nick Williams is a VVVIP right here on Off the Script. Thank you, brother. We will read the Super Chats in uh, a little while towards the end of the show. But I want to thank Nick Williams for his generosity, as always, right here on the OTS venue. And we got a lot to get into tonight, Jesse. Dynamite tonight. It's coming off the heels of what I thought was Tony Khan's best media call so far with the media, with the IWC, right before Final Battle. We're going to get into a couple of key points that he made on that media call this evening. What did you think of tonight's show, man? And a star was born tonight in Ricky Starks, as if we didn't know that already. But, man, oh, man, what a segment with MJF tonight. It, it, it was, man. That was... That was an epic back and forth, right? That was yes. looking good, man. Yeah. Um, my my only my only minute concern about this feud is that um, we know how it has to end. Yes. So I mean, which is fine. This is still a fantastic spot for Ricky. Um, I just don't want. I mean, I I, I don't want them to burn through a MJF uh Ricky feud and in, in, in its early days like now when down the road it could be a serious contention for a title you know what I'm saying yeah I mean, like right now we know who's gonna win and they can always revisit it I just don't want them to burn through Ricky versus MJF losses for for Ricky before he's legitimately on the table to possibly even win that title you know yeah I uh we'll, we'll get into that as we talk about that uh entire feeling during the segment but I, I will say this I, I think this is going to be a layered Ricky Starks ascent I think what we saw tonight was the beginning of him being a major an absolute major player in aew and we all know that the outcome is inevitable next week. But it's how AEW handles the outcome and what they do as far as a follow-up. Because right. I know, I know you know all too well, I know all too well that, you know, they have a tendency to put people like this on television that we want to see, that has the makings of, of the next breakout star, the next pillar in the company. 
and then they're sitting in the back for six, seven weeks, and they're not making appearances on television and they're not wrestling in matches. That cannot. And I stress to Tony Khan, if anybody in AEW is watching this show, to, I stress to everybody that cannot happen. After tonight, Ricky Starks needs to be a regular on this show, and we're going to get into a little bit more of that uh, when we talk about the segment. But, Jesse, that's the way I feel about it. He needs to be a regular after tonight because he proved himself tonight standing next to the world champion. Yeah, yeah. They they need they need a um a consistent um top end baby face, you know. Um they get Moxley doing so many different things, you know, dipping in and out of, you know, tweener he uh baby face type deals and in and out. A Ricky Starks is a nice um young baby face to get invested in long term, the same way they're going in all in with um MJF on the heel side. So yeah. I like the picking um and 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 Ricky. I just hope they keep running with it on in, on that level for him, though. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later, and we will have a lot more to say on Ricky Starks and MJF. The other big thing that happened tonight was that great TNT title match. I think that was the best TNT title match that we've seen in many, many, many months. And my God, man, Samoa Joe, I don't know why he's tied to the Ring of Honor brand. I'd have him drop that title uh, in uh, nefarious means ASAP and get him full-fledged on Dynamite, man. This may be the best that we've seen Samoa Joe, bro, in in what's got to be three years. He looked absolutely fucking savage tonight. This was this was Samoa Joe going up against Brock Lesnar type Samoa Joe, man. This shit was fucking great, and that's the Samoa Joe that people pay to see. Yeah, and he hasn't even done anything on the mic yet, really. No, you know, I mean, he's only he's only working about about, about half his kit right about now, man. Yeah. So I mean, it, when when he when he really gets you know knee deep into into a few on, on the microphone too, man, it's gonna make it even better. But yeah, but but Joe is looking good though, man. Joe's looking very good. Darby looked good tonight. He may not be wrestling into his thirties, but I don't even think he gives a shit. But uh, holy shit, he he knows how to make someone look good in there, man. He is yeah, he uh, took a beating, man. He, he is fucking unbelievable at what he does. And then FTR and the Acclaimed, we have that tag team title match. Really, really close down the stretch tonight on Dynamite. FTR did not capture the AW Tag Team Championships. They now have something else looming this Saturday as far as a potential challenge, bro. I know you said you probably weren't going to watch the show on Saturday. I will be live after the show on Saturday for Ring of Honor. FTR looking at a challenge, bro. Match number three against the Briscoes in what is probably going to end up being the final match between these two teams and a double dog collar match, man. What'd you think about that announcement tonight made at the end of Dynamite? That's interesting. Um, it 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 is interesting. You know, it it's interesting that the match is happening. It sucks that they get like a two day build, yeah, to do it on. You know, and, and I mean, and and this is the only build they get to do because of the you know the reasons that we all know of, and that sucks. You know that sucks. I mean, what better opportunity to to try to to try to kickstart a feud from nothing than having the Briscoes show up and interfere and cost FTR the match tonight? I mean, the Briscoes were mentioned tonight by uh, by name on a Warner Discovery show, but they were yeah. not physically there in person. We did not see them in the flesh, which is yeah. still seemingly yeah, a problem. I mean. That's putting a lot of faith in your fans to know to even know who the Briscoes are. Yeah, 
I mean, you, I mean, you don't get to showcase. Oh wait, well, TV listen, bro, you can't you can't you, to a main event to a pay per view. You you can't say shit like that, bro. They're gonna have to ask you to go on Google. They expect you to go on Google to go uh, use the Google machine to go find out who they are. Just like how I complained about Shane Taylor showing up on Rampage last week when nobody knew who the fuck he was. They know who these guys are, man. We know who they are, but to the fans that you're trying to to. You're advertising on things like NBA TV and, and and NFL games and shit like that. That's great. But when those fans show up, they don't know who the Briscoes are. No. They have no fucking idea. So, I mean, it. I'll enjoy it, you know, if I watch it. But even then, I got to, I gotta, what's today, Wednesday? The show is on Saturday? That, I mean, come on, man. What kind of build is that? Tony Khan's building Ring of Honor around the Ring of Honor core fan base, which is right now about uh, fifteen to 20,000 pay-per-view, pay-per-view buys. He doesn't really give a shit. You know, he's just putting something out there to uh, brag about the highest buy rate in Ring of Honor history. That's all he's doing it for. Hardcore fans. I mean, I, 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 I guess. I mean, but to me, it just seems like it. it would go a lot further. I mean... It, it, it's it's so stupid, dude. It's, it's so stupid. It, it, it would go a lot further if the Briscoes were on TV. I agree. I agree. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Ring of Honor stuff as well because that was in the news uh, this week. And uh, it was actually in the media call today with Tony Khan. And we're going to get into that right now at the top. But I want to thank you guys for joining us right here on Off the Script. Please make sure you guys sit that thumbs up. we got 1,700 people and counting still filing on into the venue Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I would really appreciate it. We're looking for 1,000 likes minimum today on OTS for this AW Dynamite post show. Super chats are open. You're going to get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages. Memberships are always open. Get them on in. Become a channel member right here on Off the Script. Badges and emotes could be yours. VIP Sundays are yours with the flagship show on Sunday night when we're live. So make sure you guys go and do that for me. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are on our way to 100 and 40,000 subscribers on YouTube. And follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. I want to start off, Jesse, with the media call. And William Regal. Tony Khan did not even allow the media. I was fortunate enough to be a part of this, so I thank AEW for inviting me out to the media call today. Listened in for the full hour that it was And Tony Khan started things off tonight, did not let anybody ask any questions until he made his point about William Regal because he was very adamant, and AEW was very adamant about things, Jesse, that William Regal and the news that came out, especially with all of the top-tier journalists in the community reporting the same thing, everything was blasted as bullshit. EC3 came out, said something that I did not believe from the fucking moment I read it because he's a fucking loser. EC3 lying and adding more fuel to the fire for the speculation to run wild on social media about William Regal. Tony Khan put a a dead stop to all of it. And I said this on my extra that I did last night. You can go check it out on the channel. If AEW wants to prevent things like this from happening so they don't have to go out there and finger point every journalist in the community, why don't you just get the fucking story out there so you don't have to go and... Line everybody up and tell them, no, it's not right. It's not true. You got misled. You got false information. So I think they need to do a better job at getting the information that they want out there instead of keeping it in a fucking vault somewhere in Jacksonville. But Jesse, Tony Khan and the William Regal situation, during the final battle media scrum, Khan said this. He revealed 
that his mother suffered a stroke between All Out and Grand Slam. So thoughts and prayers, obviously, first and foremost, to Tony Khan and his family, his mother, his father, and everybody else. So she is doing well. She is on the road to recovery. This is what he said on the media call. She was improving after getting treatment. She had a second stroke around the time of his birthday. Tony then learned around this time that Regal approached Mega, who is a part of AEW's legal team, with a request for a release of William Regal not to renew his deal as he wanted to return to WWE where his son is working, Charlie Dempsey, on NXT, and to coach alongside some of his old friends. Obviously, we know who that is in WWE. Khan said that this happened when doctors found the spot on his mom's heart that they thought surgery would fix and you know to help prevent the strokes uh, occurring again. On October 16th, Regal sent him a message asking to talk while Khan was at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville with his mother. So Khan took time out of his day while he was sitting bedside with his mother to give William Regal his undivided attention. Absolutely professional by Tony Khan to do that, and a a man to do that, to step away from his mother, who's uh, laying in the hospital. Khan noted that they had a good talk, but needed to consider Regal's request and decided that major changes would be needed uh, and made to accommodate his request. Khan wished Regal the best in his future, and they talked as recently as of this week. And then Tony Khan noted that both enjoyed their time together, but Regal is not gone just yet from the company. He said he felt it was the best thing to do for Regal. He added that he wouldn't be able to fulfill every similar situation for a family reunion, but was happy to do that in this case. Regal's son, Charlie Dempsey, his real name, Bailey, started training in February 2020. Before signing with the WWE, he scored his first win in a WWE ring last month. And Tony Khan did say he would never, under any circumstances, keep a father from his son, looking at the situation he was going through with his mother. And that is why he requested William Regal's release from the company. Uh, This was an absolute, Jesse, an absolute class act by Tony Khan. I have more respect for him than I did yesterday. Um, I know a lot of people looked at this as a big L, me included. A lot of people in the community looked at it as an L because we were all fed the same information. We all took the same information that we got from Mike Johnson, Sean Ross Sapp, Justin Labar, and a bunch of other people that fed the same narrative over and over again, and that's the only thing that we had to run on. So I want to apologize for that, but it's not as bad as it was reported And now with Tony Khan letting this news out there and opening up his heart and the real story about this with his mother and then how it ties into William Regal, bro. You know, this is going to be looked at down the line when Tony Khan is uh, wrapping up his pro wrestling venture, man. He's going to be one of the good guys, bro. This was an absolutely master class move by Tony Khan. It was, and I agree. When it comes to the rumors and the dirt sheets and stuff like that, man, you you only have two roads to take. I mean, you can you can just let it go, do your thing, and let it exist because you can't you can't get rid of it. I mean, they're gonna happen. If you don't give a shit about the rumors, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Just let them do what they do. You do what you do with your product, and let and let and let your product do the speaking for you. Um. Or you can be more forthcoming with information. You can give the fans the information that they are interested in, that the things that you can, you know, speak on. I understand everything can't be, you know, that forthcoming, but some things can. And and if you're able to, then put the information out there. So then when the rumors come out, 
the rumors have no legs because you've spoken yourself, you know, on the situation. But you can't come out and get mad at the rumors when you're giving us nothing. Yeah. All right. And then get mad when we believe the rumors because some of the rumors were true. You know, there were there, there were rumors that Regal was going back to WWE. That was rumor. You didn't tell us that shit. You know, then it turns out it's true. But then you want to tell us this part is not true. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll believe you if you say it's not true, but then tell us the fucking truth then. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you care about what we think as regards to these rumors, then be more forthcoming with the information and those rumors won't exist because um, word from the boss's mouth versus EC3, you know, carries a lot more weight. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of the people, a lot of the media, they create content, they have podcasts like this one. You know, we are in a business to get content out there. It, it is our job, whether it is true or whether it is uh, some figment of our imagination. You know, we run with the dirt sheets. That's all we have. I said this and I was very I was very upset on on Monday when I had been approached by several people in my DM. Uh, Jesse knows of these people. And, you know, a lot of people start pointing fingers like, listen, I don't have any fucking sources. I don't have any sources. I don't, I'm not a fucking journalist. Uh, I, I don't run or write a f for a dirt sheet. I, I'm a content creator that pumps out content as he sees the news come in from everybody else whose job it is to get the news out there. So if I'm wrong, that doesn't mean I got the story wrong. I'm wrong in no way, shape, or form, because the fucking person that I got it from is the one who's wrong. If AEW kind of scaled back on the finger-pointing when news like this comes out, instead of chasing everybody in the fucking community to tell them that they're wrong about this, or it's a lie, it's bullshit, it's not an L, and this and that, you know, th they should put that energy towards, like Jesse said, getting the fucking truth out there. You don't want this shit to happen, and you don't want these wrong narratives out there. Somebody should come out, a representative for the company, and tell them what the fuck is going on. Instead of hiding all these stories, be upfront. Yeah. Start to be upfront with, you know, who they're interested in talking in. And when someone asks you a question, open up. I don't know what the secrecy it is, or I don't know what the secrecy is in pro wrestling. Like, like we, we live in a day and age where Jesse, we can get any information at the drop of a fucking hat. So mm -hmm. well, I, I don't understand what what the secrecy is about. Just fucking fill us in, and none of this, yeah. none of this will get out of control. Yeah. And like I yeah. told you, bro. It, it, like I told you, bro. To these people. I would gladly fucking listen to the, if they want the truth out there. My DMs are open. You guys know yeah. the audience I have here. You guys know how fucking serious what I do here is. If you want the truth out there, give it to me, and I'll gladly get whatever the fuck you want out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. You know, get in front of it. You know, if it's something that you were, you know, you were unaware that was gonna leak, and it's and it's false information. I mean, you can still you, there's still time to get in front of it. You know, I just heard of these rumors. Don't know where they came from, but they're not true. This is the truth, or the truth will be coming when I can, you know. But, um, I mean, you have an official Twitter page, you yeah. know, AEW Twitter page and your own personal, you know, um, page. You have a couple of platforms to get this information out. Um, you can just take a lot of the wind from these from these terrible rumors, you know. I mean, if, if, if rumors are coming out, you don't like them. Set it straight. There's no big secret that William Regal was leaving to go back to WWE. So no. why are you trying to keep it a secret? I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it's a shocker to no one. No. And it's fine. And we understand, you know, when the, when the, when the story fully comes out, we, we understand. We get, it all makes sense. It yeah. all makes sense. But 
Um, if you get bitter people that that is out there that are out there making up rumors about you that you don't like them, get the full story out or ignore it. One or the other. You know, you, you can't try to run around and do you know damage control and and sway opinions and and control the narrative. Don't control shit. Give us the truth or stay out of it. One yeah, or the other. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, Tony Khan mentioned this thing with his mother and how it started around All Out and that kind of bled into Grand Slam and how he said it was a very tumultuous time for him and his family, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress on him, which is obviously going to happen when uh, someone's mother gets hospitalized with a stroke and then again she had a second stroke. You know, I I don't want to make excuses for Tony Khan because he is the leader of AEW and the shows have suffered Somewhat, they haven't been at the same level of quality that we know AEW is capable of. But that is a huge reason why things probably had fallen off a little bit and didn't really seem, you know, as good as we know they can be. Again, I don't want to make excuses because I'm always going to sit on my hill where I've stated, and Jesse has stated this as well, I think Tony Khan needs a writing team around him when things like this happen. You know, if the captain of the ship is going down and you got no fucking support underneath you, I mean, what's going to happen? But the boat's going to fucking uh, crash and then goodbye. It's it's all over. So yeah. he he need, he needs people around him. So when things like this happen next time, he has a support system and people to fall back on. And the show is going to be not in a position where it's going to be compromised because right now we're only looking at Tony Khan as the guy making the final decisions and he writes and produces everything. And then he uses everybody else as like, you know, people to lean on to get their opinion. But it ultimately ends with him. We can't have that happen. So, again, I don't want to make excuses for Tony Khan about why the show has uh, fell off a little bit, but that is a that is a legit reason why things may have fallen off, Jesse, and we didn't know that. And, you know, he opened up to a lot of people today when he didn't really have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, what the guy is trying to do with this promotion is not easy. No. And he is literally learning on the fly. I mean, and he's he's taking his lumps, he's taking his bumps, and I I'd like to think that he's learning from these experiences, and and we're gonna get better down the road, you know. We got another one hundred and twenty-five dollar super chat tonight. I don't have my actual uh, roadcaster in front of me. I'm in New Jersey tonight, so I don't have the cool sound effects with the uh, holy shit and the the claps and all that stuff. But uh, Angel Alaga with a one hundred. And $25 Super Chat. Jesse's got his little fucking uh, make-believe claps over there. Uh, $125 Super Chat. Thank you, Angel Alaga. Thank you, Nick Williams, with his $100 bomb. We're getting things going tonight, man. The party's getting started with Nick and Angel. So, gentlemen, go up to the bar and order whatever the fuck you want, man. It is on me. Thank you guys very much. Um, Yes, the Super Chats will be read at the end of the night. But, yes, that's what Tony Khan said in regards to the William Regal situation. Uh, again, I don't want to make excuses for TK, but we can look at uh, the situation with uh, a little bit more clarity now. And I, I do hope that they turn the page in 2023 and things get back on the right track and things can be great here. And the William Regal situation, you know, he's going back to WWE. Like Jesse said, we all knew he was going back to WWE. He's going to be the right-hand fucking man. He's going to be the third ear, the third, the second pair of eyes for Triple H. I don't know what the release is going to entail. I don't know if he will be allowed on TV for an extended amount of time. I don't know what that's going to be uh, with William Regal and what Tony Khan and William Regal have discussed. But he is going to end up back there. He is going to train. He is going to work in the PC. He's going to work with his son. He's going to be... Triple H's fucking second pair of eyes. So we'll see what happens with that. And 
And hopefully when the news comes out about what his role is and, you know, the conditions of his release and his contract, hopefully there's more clarity right up front when the story is broken. So that's all I ask. Um, As far as the other things that he talked about, Jesse, uh, Ring of Honor. He talked about Ring of Honor and he talked about Rampage. Uh, I don't really believe him until I see it in regards to Rampage because we got a little rundown of Rampage for Friday nights. Even though Moxley is wrestling Takeshita, which is a very intriguing match to me, I don't think that's going to be enough to get me to watch Rampage on Friday night. And Rampage does really look, again, like a dark taping. But he says he was going to have an all-hands-on-deck mentality with Rampage because Rampage suffered the worst demo in the history of the show on Friday night this past Friday. But in regards to Ring of Honor, he said, Jesse, that he will finally put a limit on Ring of Honor storylines and Ring of Honor talents on AEW Dynamite. Some fans have criticized how much Ring of Honor you've seen on AEW television. I've called it out seemingly every week, and I've had people in my DMs from the fucking company telling me and trying to convince me that there's not a lot of Ring of Honor presence, and I don't know what the fuck these people are talking about. Maybe they don't watch their own show. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm one voice. I'm not the only voice that, yeah. sa- that says this shit in the community, man. All you got to do is go on social media, and it's the same fucking thing that people are saying that I'm saying. But right. Ring of Honor is going to be limited on AEW television. Now, Jericho, I always say this. I exclude Jericho because what I think he's done with the Ring of Honor title and his storyline has been great. He's, he's been tremendous. So, Khan has tried to limit the Ring of Honor stories on Rampage, or to Rampage, rather. But fans have criticized the decision because the feeling from some is that Ring of Honor matches and stories take away from an already stacked AEW roster, which is absolutely the case, and that is the number one complaint of everybody. And some people in AEW don't see it. The news today from the media call may alleviate some of these concerns from fans who say that too much is being crammed into the weekly shows from Ring of Honor's side. Khan has been working on getting Ring of Honor a TV streaming platform, and there have been hints of an announcement coming in the near future. And he did say, Jesse... That after final battle, on Saturday, during the media scrum, he will divulge information because there is a major update in regards to Ring of Honor finally getting its own TV deal or uh, a show of its own so that it could exist on its own. But he will now limit Ring of Honor on AEW Dynamite. And that is music to my ears, bro. But again, cautious we are. I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. I'm going to, you know, believe it when I see it type of deal. But it is good that he's putting it out there in the universe. Yeah, you know what can be a good thing though is all the the um the 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 negative uh, feedback on seeing the ROH stuff, seeing how it is right now, and then getting them their own show. I mean, how can we expect the ROH brand to then excel? I mean, if people are already trying to get it away from them as it is now, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'll get this ROH shit off of you know Dynamite and everything else, and. Okay, good. It has its own network and its own spot and everything else. And then people are supposed to say, "All right, now we can watch ROH." So, what are you are you are you, are you are you implying are you implying that are you implying that people are burnt out from Ring of Honor now and they may not be initial interest when they get their own show? Yeah, that that I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be another episode of Rampage, basically. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. 
They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know. I don't know what type of TV deal they may be uh, getting or what time slot they're going to be getting. But, uh, you know, I just wanted away from the fucking show because tonight was a great example. If you guys watched tonight, there was barely any ring of honor. The only ring of honor thing we got on tonight's show was a Dalton Castle appearance, which really he was kind of over in the Battle Royal. And then we got Samoa Joe, who's the Ring of Honor TV champion. But Samoa Joe, to me, in my honest opinion, is more of an AEW guy than a Ring of Honor guy. So that was it. Did nothing else. Yeah. They get the battle royal. Wasn't Brian Cage in that? Too? Brian Cage was in there, but I mean, I want Brian Cage on television. So I, I don't mind. Do. I, don't, I don't mind seeing a guy like Brian Cage on television. No, no, no. We do. We do. I actually don't want to see him go to R O H. But I mean, I again, the, the the roster is loaded, and he does need an outlet to out, to offset some of his talent. So that I can understand. I get it. Um, and maybe ROH will find this niche, you know, when they get the, when they get his spot. Maybe it'll be in a better spot than what Rampage is in right now. Rampage is in a dead spot on this Friday night, man. Yeah, that's a, that's it's, it's it's a missable show. No matter what he does or who he puts on the show, it's not going to generate any interest. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. in a terrible time slot, and nobody wants to watch wrestling till eleven o'clock on a Friday night when when you could be out at a bar, out on a date, or something. You know, it's 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 just a terrible slot. It is. It needs to be moved. It needs to be live. And it needs its own roster. It needs its own roster. It needs uh, it needs a different look and feel from Dynamite because it's basically just an extension, a, a dark extension. I mean, there's no yeah. identity to Rampage. What is Rampage? Yep. I mean, different color ropes, a mat, ring mat, a different color ring mat, a different stage, something. Everything. Different lighting. Producers, producers writers. It needs it need to be its own entity. I mean, the last thing we need is Tony Khan now stretching himself then trying to, trying to write for ROH. Yeah. And Dynamite and Rampage. And then we got Dark too. I mean, it need it needs to be self-sustaining. Yeah. So it can grow on its own. Tony Khan also uh, talked about uh, the, the, the criticism for signing more talents despite having a, an already loaded roster and then some not being used very often. I got news on Miro in just a second because I know that's the first name that comes to mind. Television time was reduced for many AEW stars after Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor. And last week, Jesse on Rampage... The company decided to debut Shane Taylor in a segment with Keith Lee to set up a tag team match at Ring of Honor Final Battle with Swerve and J.D. Griffey, who's never made a AEW Dynamite appearance or Ring of Honor appearance since Tony Khan has bought the company. So he spoke on the Battleground podcast, Tony Khan did, and Khan said this, and I quote, There are fans who have never seen Shane Taylor before, and that's okay. You get introduced to new faces all the time. When I was a young wrestling fan, that was one of the most uh, the most things I liked about WCW Nitro. I think that would be a, a very iconic look now that the same promoter and Eric Bischoff would tell you, you don't want to see these faces or introduce new people on television because they were the ones who did that. Khan stated a lot of times there were new faces that he had never seen before, just walk out and wrestle on Nitro, and he thought this was a cool thing to do or see as a kid. 
he guesses it's not acceptable anymore because fans know so much about the wrestlers on the internet than it was back in 1996. People, he says, are complaining about it in nauseam on the internet, and it's certainly new. At the end of the day, you want people, you want to listen to what the fans are saying. Overall, there has been a positive reception to a lot of the international wrestlers coming to AEW, end quote. So, Jesse, he, he, he feels the Shane Taylor introduction on Rampage last week was right because it was something that he enjoyed and he liked in 1996 when Eric Bischoff did it on WCW Nitro. But this isn't fucking 1996. This isn't Eric Bischoff. This isn't WCW. Now, I get that Ring of Honor is being booked for a very, very niche audience, and they're being and the show is being booked by Tony Khan to give back to the Ring of Honor faithful. This is a, a Ring of Honor faithful audience and show. That's the people that's going to go out and watch this show. I don't know how many of them are AEW fans, but it is for the Ring of Honor fan base. But what they did, and I had Swerve in my mentions, you know, as usual. I know he's probably listening to the fucking show, and we love Swerve here. We're big fans. Don't have anything bad to say about him. But when fans complain about this, and I, I, I complain about this, I get Swerve in my, in my mentions about this. Just watch and see what unfolds. I'm going to watch. And when I talk about this on Saturday, I'm going to have my, my research all in front of me on my iPad right here. I'm going to have all my research. I'm going to uh, tell fans what exactly is going on. I'm going to go back and watch whatever happened, you know, with Shane Taylor and Keith Lee. But to introduce somebody like this, Jesse, that hasn't been on the fucking show in the build for this, this tag team match that is a week in advance of the show, like, it's, it's not a good look. I don't want to have to go on the fucking internet. We can all do that. I mean, that's the easy answer. That's an easy cop-out. Oh, you just go on the internet, go, go on Google and look at what happened and who he is. No, I don't want to I don't want to do that. It's not my job to do that. It's AEW's job to tell stories, and it's AEW's job to tell me why the fuck he's here. He didn't say why he was there. I don't know the fucking issue he had with Keith Lee. A video package would have been tremendous in this to let me know what the fuck is going on a week before. There's no way anybody's going to tell me that w, uh, AEW didn't have this match already planned uh, a week or two ago. Where's the fucking video package? If you care so much, let me know who the fuck he is so I know what to expect when Shane Taylor does show up. Yeah. Yeah, I would have done... I mean, there's... Look, there's there's... There's always a ton of different ways to do things. That's why it's called, you know, creative. You know, you're supposed to come come up with ways to do these things. And this one was not done in the best interest of getting people, um, trying to get people instantly involved in this new feud. I mean, you just, for all intents and purposes, broke these guys up to us on TV. Now you want to put them back as a tag team to go deal with something else, something else that we don't even know about, really. No. I mean, so, I mean, you, you you want people to get interested in it, but at the same time, you're making people scratch their head and say, this makes no sense, you know? And, but maybe it does make sense to the people who knows the history of these guys, but we don't. I don't, and I'm a wrestling fan. I'm a wrestling fan. I didn't watch Ring of Honor back in the day. I don't know. I, I know who Shane Taylor is. I don't know his association with Swerve and Keith Lee. And, yeah. and then you want to debut this shit on Rampage, and it garnered the lowest rating in the history of the fucking show. So who yeah. exactly watched this? So you put it out there in front of people and the lowest audience of the of the entire year watched Rampage on that night he debuted. Who cares? Who cares? Nobody saw it. Nobody, Nobody saw cares. it. Nobody cares. Nope. Shay Taylor never made an introduction on Rampage or Dynamite. I don't know who the fuck J.D. Griffey is. He never made an AEW Dynamite appearance out of a, outside of a couple of dark appearances. But 
How do, how do you expect me to care when I don't have any fucking backstory? And then I told Swerve, don't worry, I'm going to have my research ready when the match happens, and I'm sure it's going to be one of the best matches of the night. I'm not sucking up to him, but I don't need people in my mentions when I say something that is valid and legit and a concern for the majority of the fan base with, oh, just watch and enjoy and see what unfolds. Of course I'm going to do that. Yeah. But I can't express my fucking opinion no. anymore on anything. Now, it feels like it feels like what happened is um, Swerve brought in his new his his new stable. That's what it looks and like. Yes. Turn on, you know, yes. a turn again on Keith and join these two guys and let these two guys be his new stable going forward. OK, so that, does that mean Shane Taylor is going to be AEW? I'm, 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 I'm guessing so. Uh, assuming. Right. It's a one off. You know, I'm not sure. Because otherwise, I'm not sure why this match makes any sense. You just broke up Keith and, and Swerve, and we're waiting for the feud now. Well, the only thing that makes sense here is the the only thing that I legitimately care about, you know, minus Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey in this tag team match, the, the, the thing that we're most interested in is this, this is a small extension of the continuation to the conclusion of the Swerve and Keith Lee breakup, which is something that we have been looking forward to and, and getting them where they need to be. But, you know, nobody cares about this. Yeah. The introduction was terrible. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't want to have to go Google something because AEW is yeah. too fucking lazy to tell me. It's your job to create a video package. You got mega talented people there to do that type of thing. Do it. Yeah. It, it is very reminiscent of the, of the debut of Butcher and Blade. Yeah. I mean, so when it came out to just a no reaction, the, the, the debut of Satin and Sing, yes. same thing. You know, just then turns out Butcher and Blade are great. I'm I'm I've I've been a fan of what Butcher and Blade have been doing since about a couple of weeks into them debuting. And they just they've, they've gone nowhere over time, but I like their look, I like their moveset, I like their gimmick, I like everything about Butcher and Blade. But you gave it you gave them to us on a platform where we didn't you know, we didn't know who they were. There were no there was no anticipation, no video packages, no story built up to them, just here they are. Like, who the fuck are these guys? You know, they fucking suck. You know, turns out they don't suck. They were just presented the wrong way. Seems like people want to people it seems like people want to pick spots because I know for a fact that we complained about who the fuck they were. Like, who the fuck are they? Like, nobody knows who these guys are. Like, they're yeah. not they're not major names to a point where we're gonna it's not like fucking uh, I don't know. Uh, let me treat it's like Mick Foley fucking comes out of nowhere and, and, and starts yeah, the Briscoes come out of so, somewhere and start uh, beating shit down uh, on yeah. dynamite. Like, we know who they are, but who the fuck is Shane Taylor to this audience? Nobody. No, no. No, no. So that's that. And Tony Khan did mention that as well in the uh, media scrum. And then Miro. We got an update on Miro. Uh, speaking of talent that has seemingly disappeared from the fucking television show. Miro's barely wrestled in all of 2022. He's wrestled four matches. And uh, the last match that he wrestled at was, uh, I, I think he appeared at All Out. Before that was Forbidden Door. And he was in a great four-way match at Forbidden Door for the All-Atlantic Championship. And his absence, people have been wondering what's going on. He is completely healthy, and he is wanting to actively compete, says sources, according to Fightful from AEW. Jesse, the problem is that Fightful was told that the reason why Miro isn't on TV is because creatively, nothing has been presented for him. So he has wrestled at Forbidden Door. And he's wrestled only four matches in all of 2022, all between June 1st and September 4th. Fightful was also told that there were plans to have creative conversations, but those haven't happened as of yet with Miro. 
those that we've spoken to at Fightful say Miro is very eager to return to the ring. Now, again, I don't want to make excuses for Tony Khan, but uh, around the time of All Out and Grand Slam, he was going through his family problem with his mother. I don't know how much of this factored into it. I don't know how much is on his mind regarding, you know, the show and then his family and, and vice versa. But absolutely no excuses why nobody else in this fucking company. This is why I said AEW, Tony Khan needs a fucking writing team of legit people to get shit done when Tony Khan can't. Why does Tony Khan have to sit down and fucking go over creative with Miro? Why can't somebody else go in there and work on creative with Miro? Jesse, this guy's sitting at home wanting to wrestle, and they got no fucking creative plans for him. How difficult is it to book for somebody like this that the fans are absolutely eager to see? Miro is healthy. Miro is ready to go. The fans want Miro, and they can't come up with anything creative. No. For Miro. No. And might I add, the best presentation of Miro's entire wrestling career was his Redeemer gimmick in AEW. That was the best that we've seen that man in all the years we've seen him in a wrestling ring. And they can't have they don't have anything for him. That's a fucking that's a fucking that, that's Bruce Pritchard level fucking garbage right there. That's just that is absolute Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard like garbage. I don't want to hear that ever. Again, coming out of AEW, they should be fucking ashamed of themselves. How is it you found time for these other goons who need all kinds of help, pushing and explanation and everything else, but you don't know what to do with a guy that your fans are asking for? Just put him on TV. Now, I don't know what's happening at Rampage uh, because Orange Cassidy apparently confronted Kip Sabian and and Orange Cassidy said, well, Kip Sabian's not challenging me for the title. I dare you to go out and find somebody that you know that wants a shot at the All-Atlantic Championship. I don't know if that's going to end up being Miro because of the best man thing that he had. Stop. No, we've done this already. It's something. It's not creative, but it's something. It's, bro, this shit is not hard. All you have to do, look, Bring him back. He doesn't need to be back with Orange Cassidy and Kip Saban again. That's that's done. We've done that. And all you have to do is keep him away from MJF. That's it. That's it. Anything else? Anything else? Any Anything else? Put the guy on TV. Put a title around him. I don't care what you do with him. Keep him away from MJF for a long time. And no, we don't want to see him with Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian again. How the fuck does QT Marshall, how is Jeff Jarrett on television? You got creative plans for Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, but you don't got no fucking creative plans for Miro on television. I, I don't understand this. This is creative malpractice. I never want to hear anything like this out of this fucking company ever again. Shameful. It's shameful fucking information. Two fucking titles. Who? Joe was walking around carrying two fucking titles. Yes. Two. And you have nothing to do with Miro. Make him a monster heel. A monster Make him heel. A monster baby face. A baby face, whatever. I don't give a Make fuck. A Just put him baby. on television. Make him a monster baby face. Keep him away from MJF. And there's your there's your monster feud down the road. I don't know. I I, I don't that's that's when I read that shit, I'm like, this cannot be fucking serious. Somebody just said Miro versus Hobbs. Some dude in the fucking chat just came up with a fucking plan for Miro. I don't get it. You know what this ultimately does? 
You know, when Miro has his fucking contract come up, what do you think he's going to look back on when he's trying to negotiate a new deal with AEW or leave options open to maybe go return to Triple H and WWE? He's going to look at this this year in 2022. He's not going to be he's not going to feel confident in giving his time again to Tony Khan because you've wasted his time here. So why would he feel confident about giving you any more of his time when you've actively failed him this year? You're, you're Right now, you're driving him to go seek other options, bro. When his contract is up, he's going to be driven to go seek other options because they don't have any fucking time for him. That's shit. That is garbage. I, I, I don't get it. Donzel just said Miro versus Hook. Hook needs his first loss. Take a beating from fucking Miro. Just get him out there. Another person in the chat just booked Miro. I mean, how come Tony Khan can't do it? Let me tell you something. They got Omas on fucking TV burying guys, two, three guys in a, at a time. But we can't have fucking Miro do the same. Get him on television. Just, just get, get him, him there. Man. Just get him on TV. Promos. I'll, I'll, I'll take those fucking, those, those, those dark, fucking backstage promos to get us ready and get us hyped for another Miro run. Do something. Get him something. on TV. Get his wife on TV. Make him a package and fucking come up with something. Orange Cassidy's not going to hold the All-Atlantic title forever. You know? Malachi's going to need people to feud with. Miro versus Malachi. Yeah. With Miro CJ versus Perry Samoa Joe. Miro versus Samoa Joe. Miro versus Wardlow. Get the fuck out of here, man. Fucking ridiculous, man. Absolutely. I'd never want to hear that shit ever again. Shame on the, the writing team. They should have just came out and said he was hurt. Hey, man, he's hurt. Yeah. He's hurt. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we didn't know. Now we know he's hurt. He's perfectly fine. He wants to be on TV and the fans want him, but we don't know what to do. The fuck is... You know, if, you, if you're going to come into my chat and complain that I'm complaining, get the fuck out of here. We're not complaining about anything. This is not complaining. This is banter between two friends who love a wrestling show and want to voice their opinion. If you want to go listen to somebody fucking complain, this isn't complaining. I'm sorry. Hey, you're complaining about the podcast. You're complaining about the fucking podcast. Get the fuck out. Ridiculous. Let's get into the actual show. I want to thank you guys. We've got 2,100 people in here. I see only 553 likes, man. That, like Miro, is unacceptable. I need 1,000 minimum. So if you guys are in the chat, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up because it helps me out and helps the channel out, and uh, I would really appreciate it. we got the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. This was the first thing that opened the show, and I'm not going to go over the eliminations, but there were, uh, I think, 20 or so men in there. Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy, Dustin Rhodes got ring entrances. Uh, we got uh, Matt Hardy, Brian Cage, Lee Moriarty, Ethan Page, Dalton Castle, Butcher, Sean Spears, I believe, was in there. Might've, I might have seen Sean Spears. I don't remember. I wrote him down. Orange Cassidy, Sean Dean, Kip Sabian, uh, Marcy, Blade, uh, and uh, a couple other guys were in there. But this one went to Ricky Starks, bro. Ricky Starks eliminated Butcher towards the end. And then we got... Um, Jack Perry eliminating Lee Moriarty. Morrissey interfered from ringside and eliminated Jack Perry, Jungle Boy. He chokeslammed him on the fucking ring apron, Jesse. I don't know if you've seen that. I, I, don't, I don't know how Jungle Boy is going to feel tomorrow morning, but that shit looked like it absolutely fucking sucked. Why? 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 I have no idea why 
they had to do that spot. That I don't know why spots like that even exist. There. His neck, Jesus fucking, right on the right. Chokeslam from Mars, he was seven feet tall uh, on Jungle Boy on the fucking ring apron, almost snapped his neck in half. Ridiculous. Yeah. So he was that gone. Was scary. He was gone, and then uh, he chokeslammed Perry, like I said, on the edge of the ring. Uh, it was down to Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, who have this storyline going on right now on Dark. Starks and Sean Dean, who they did hype up as the only man who right now is undefeated against MJF. He's 2-0. Starks eventually eliminated Ethan Page with a head scissors to win. It was a very, very nice ending to the Battle Royal. And Starks wins in about 14 minutes. A lot of lower card guys that you didn't think were going to win. And I said this last week as Jesse went, and I went back and forth. Brian Danielson was not in the Battle Royal. That was a, a good call, potentially, to have Brian in there to maybe go after MJF. But Brian wasn't in there, and I said last week, it, it makes absolutely no sense for anybody else but Ricky Starks to win this because no matter who wins this, if it was somebody else, and then Ricky Starks goes and wrestles for the AW title, anybody that wrestles MJF is losing. So I don't know why they would give somebody else an inevitable loss when Ricky Starks is going to go on uh, next week's show, take an inevitable loss. You might as well just bundle this together and have the match be for the world title and the Dynamite Diamond Ring and just give a great match to us. Have Ricky Starks look look good in defeat. So that's exactly what happened. Ricky Starks wins in 14 minutes, and uh, it was a no-brainer there to have him win. So the Battle Royal was basically mid, as most of these TV Battle Royals are, but the real action came at the end of the match as MJF comes down the ramp, and he's in the ring with the world title around his waist. He has a a microphone, and he addressed uh, Brian Danielson first and foremost. He said, uh, I'll, I'll get to you in a second as he points to Ricky Starks. He says he hears he's not here in the building because he's scared of him. And he should be after what he did to uh, William Regal. He then turned to Starks and said he's a bad, bad man. And he'll become a four-time Dynamite Diamond Ring champion. He noted that the fans seem to really like uh, the uh, absolute Ricky Starks, right? And uh, he says that he's a very talented guy, but the truth is, in comparison to him, he is the absolute's drizzling shits, he says to Ricky Starks. Or should I say, you're a Rudy Poo candy ass, as he's now quoting The Rock. He said he stole everything from that guy, Dwayne. You're nothing more than a dollar store Dwayne. He says, I'm going to call you the pebble. He says he's going to put Starks in his pocket drive his newly acquired Porsche and take him to the nearest body of water and skip his scrawny little pigeon-toed ass and skip him on the water right back to Billy Corgan's NWA so you can wrestle on YouTube where you belong. So not only did MJF uh, basically bury Starks, you're calling him a rock ripoff, he also buried Billy Corgan in the NWA in one fell swoop. I love it. So fans are booing. And then MJF says, facts, don't care about your feelings, Austin. I'm sorry. My reign of terror has just begun. So MJF takes a step back, and Ricky Starks shoves him out of the way, goes, grabs a microphone, and he called MJF Maxipad. He called him Maxipad, and he said he's a fifth-rate Roddy Piper. Fans then chanted Maxipad, and MJF sold it like uh, he was uh, not amused with that chant. Starks made fun of him, trashing the people in the city. How much more shtick have you got because the low-hanging fruit is running dry, partner? He said he smells like paint thinner and ass. He said he spray tans his eczema, and if he took off his shirt, 
it would look like he laid in an ant farm for seven hours. He says his shirt is too small and not ironed, and he wears a shitty scarf. He says if he thinks he is better than him, give me a break. Fans are chanting Ricky at this point and very heavily invested in Ricky Starks. He said everything about him screams cheap. His shoes, his shirt, his heats. He said with AEW, you know, and the title, it comes big responsibility that MJF knows nothing about. He said the difference between them is when the people got behind him, he gave them a reason to keep cheering. He said MJF let the fans down and let William Regal down. Stark said he delivers every time, every week, every single month. He said MJF took his little ass to Greece for three months because he didn't get paid enough and got outsmarted by someone smarter than him. He says he shows up to sign meet and greets while MJF blows them off. He says he lives with dignity and respect, which MJF knows nothing about. He said he lived in his car in Austin and knew the responsibility of taking care of himself. And then he got in MJF's face and said, if MJF thinks he's better than other people, give me a break. He said, next week is a big deal to me because he's putting up and shutting him up for the first time. uh, And he's going to uh, punk his narcissistic ass out. He said he and Ricky Starks, uh, he is going to take the title next week. And he said he'll do him a favor. He's never done before in his life. I'm going to take the responsibility off of your plate, you little boy. And then MJF kicked him in the balls. And that was basically uh, the way the segment came to a close. After the, uh, the, the kick to the nuts, uh, Ricky Starks did spear uh, MJF out of his boots. And he rolled to the outside and he held up the championship at the end of the segment. This was fantastic, fantastic shit. But not only MJF, who's uh, brilliant every week. But Ricky Starks, bro, he came, he lit that fucking fuse, that dynamite fucking exploded in the middle of the ring, and a star was born tonight, bro. If you're going to put him in the ring with MJF and he's going to deliver a promo like that, uh, this man needs to be on TV every week. This was his coming out party. I was hoping that AEW was going to do this tonight. I was very concerned that they weren't going to put these two guys in the ring with a microphone before their world title match next week, and they absolutely killed it to a point where not only this was the best Ricky Starks promo of his entire career— This was probably one of the best segments of Dynamite all year, which, you know, their promos, they're they're a great company to tell a a great promo is AEW. So this is no different. But a Star Wars Born tonight here, bro. And the match next week, it's taken my level from kind of lukewarm going into next week to I'm fucking excited to see this shit because now we're in for a fight after the words that were thrown back and forth here. Yeah, yeah. So So after MJF, you know, cut his promo on Ricky. I was kind of looking at it like, wow, did, this guy's fucking buried, man. Yeah. He fucking killed him. I mean, Jesus Christ. And I'm serious. I, I mean, I seriously listened to it and said, wow, there's there's no way he can really bounce back from that. I mean, he, he just kind of just buried him in this feud. And he came back and, man, he came back strong, man. He came back hard. That was That was a really good fucking segment. At the end of it, I was sitting there looking like, wow, they made MJF look weak. And that's how the segment is supposed to come off, you know, because we know how it, how, how the match is going to end up. Mm-hmm. So the 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 layout should be there for to make um, Ricky seem like you know, a formidable opponent and someone that he's that can stand up to MJF and all of his, you know, trash talking and everything else. They um, instantly proved all of that. That Ricky is is not somebody that MJF can punk out, and he's not going to be worried about him in the ring either. That's why it feels like this is a feud. This this feels like a fight forever feud in this company. Two fucking yeah. young guys who are going to be at the top of the card ten years from now. Yeah, 
You know, it feels like this is a fight forever feud right here. Babyface Ricky Starks and, and heel MJF. And I love it. Yeah, this uh, this needs to be a coming out party. Hopefully, Tony Khan was paying very close attention to this promo and the crowd reaction. I know it was in Ricky Starks' backyard. Uh, the fans were very invested in him, but he's very over no matter where he goes. So this needs to be an eye-opening uh, revelation here for Tony Khan. Ricky Starks needs to be a regular on the show moving forward. This, Jesse, you know, outside of all the signings and the ex-WWE guys that he's brought in, this is the type of shit, and I talked about this several times before in the past when talking about why AEW has kind of fallen off a little bit and the mistakes that they've made. This is exactly what the audience wants to see. This is going to make AEW a bigger and better promotion because they have two of their homegrown guys right here, up front and center. You don't see any WWE guys in this segment. You're not, you're not seeing some fucking ex-NXT guy or some main event guy from WWE's come over to AEW. This is the future here. This is what they need to, to rest their laurels on right here, and this is what's going to make them a better company going into the new year. Two guys like this, two young studs. I, I love that aspect, number one. Number two, we got MJF completely back to being a heel. He's, he's, he's healing it up. He's the MJF that we all know and love, and, and that's great. I was kind of worried about what the fuck they were doing back and forth with the babyface. This is now uh, after the regal stuff. We're back to full-blown heel MJF. That's, that's great. And the other thing I want to mention is that they didn't go and throw – you know, uh, weak jabs at each other. Like the Billy Corgan comment was great. I enjoyed that. Or, or the, the budget, uh, low low budget uh, Dwayne that he is. They kept it to a minimum. And then Ricky Starks made it basically all about himself and his upbringing and the fact that he, he deserves it. He's owed it. You know, he's worked his ass off to get here. He's going to show up next week. I love that he made it about him and what he desires. And he didn't throw yeah. those verbal jabs back at MJF like MJF threw him. I, I, this was perfect. Everything about yeah. this was perfect. Yeah, it, it was. I'm excited to see what they have um, planned down the road from this. I mean, it, uh, again, not too much what they're going to do right now because this outcome is very predictable. I just hope it's something that they can use to plant a seed and something that we can come back to and really sink our teeth into when something is really on the line between these two because they're going to they're gonna be going at it for years to come. Yeah, and the one, the one thing that we need to, to to pay close attention to, and TK needs to as well, with the match next week, it's got to be booked in a way where Ricky Starks looks absolutely great in defeat. We cannot have him go in there and and, and lose and yeah. then disappear for six or seven weeks. He's going to lose next week. We all know he is because nobody's taking the title off MJF for a very, very long time. But that doesn't mean when he loses next week, we don't see him the following week. He needs yeah. to be a recurring character on the show from this point on. You got your next pillar here in Ricky Starks. He showed it. And the fans showed up to shower him with that type of praise. So now let's get the ball rolling. No excuses yeah. after this. Darby Allen. We got Darby Allen and Samoa Joe. They cut a video package hyping up Darby Allen, challenging Samoa Joe for the TNT title. Darby vowed to not leave Austin without it. Joe said Darby looks at him as a trial he can endure, but he'll learn curiosity as a price about, and, and that's about to get real expensive. So. I was looking forward to that match when it was signed. I don't know why it really makes sense, but I'm not going to turn down a Samoa Joe appearance or a match with Darby Allen. So I was excited about that. And very good back and forth soundbite there between the two. John Moxley, he had a promo backstage. He says he didn't think last week got out of hand. He said he's starting to like the hangman, Adam Page, because he fell off of his horse, dusted himself off, and got back on the saddle. And he did his talking with his fists. He said, there's too much talking. He 
He said, there's no Blackpool microphone club. This is combat, the sports of kings. He says he's so over the Jericho Appreciation Society, so he'll be out there tonight to be sure that there's no sports entertainment shenanigans. And he told Hangman he knows where to find him if he wants another piece. You know, typical, uh, you know, run-of-the-mill John Moxley, excellent promo. Darby Allen and Samoa Joe, TNT title match. This went 11 minutes. I said this in the open. This was probably the best TNT title match that we've gotten in a very, very long time. Uh, it wasn't uh, something that was going to blow you away or anything, but the presentation of Samoa Joe has been fucking perfect. He looked like an absolute killer and a savage out there. Darby Allen does things that uh, a lot of people should really take a, a lesson in and keep a close eye on. I know he fucking destroys himself out there to get his opponent over and get himself over, but nobody, nobody makes their opponents look as good as Darby Allen. Unbelievable stuff. Joe absolutely demolished Darby Allen, and it all started, Jesse, when he sidestepped Darby Allen and that missile uh, tope through the ropes, and he landed right on the fucking concrete, man. That was that was basically the turning point in the match, right at the right at the top. Killed him. It never gets old. No, no, he. I could see him do that all day, but I mean, he's gonna fucking kill. He's gonna fucking cripple himself one of these days. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. The 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 Joe just the Joe walk away. Yeah, that just never gets. I mean, no, I mean any. He does it pretty much like every match. You never really know when, where it's coming from. But at some point, he's going to be selling, 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 then get up and just walk away from your shit, dude. That just never gets old. Yeah. You know, watch, watching Joe and and Darby work, it's like the it's like the perfect um, synergy that you're looking for with a, with a beast versus someone who's going to bump for you like crazy. You know, I always use this comparison because it... Um, it always holds true, but it's like watching Brock Lesnar work with AJ Styles. Yeah. You know, someone who's a professional at being a killer and someone who's a professional at making his opponent look great. You have nothing to look forward to except a, a fantastic synergy in a wrestling match. And then the hope spots look that the hope spots look and feel more important because once you watch Darby get his ass kicked all over the ring and then still get up and still manage some offense, but then at the end of it, just couldn't fight it out. That's how you produce a match with those with those two types of styles. That's how you do it. Textbook. I don't care how, I mean, no matter what the scenario is, whether it's a pay-per-view, a TV match, when you get a, a fucking killer like that with someone who can bump and sell like that, that is always the, the dynamic you're supposed to create because it will always look perfect on screen. So yeah. I love it. No, I, I absolutely agree. And uh, Joe was uh, just dominating here. Joe held Allen by his legs and drove him into the railing uh, side of the ring repeatedly after the dive. Joe had this fucking sarcastic smirk on his face, licking his chops. He wanted a powerbomb on the exposed concrete because he lifted off the mat. And then Allen got free, but ran into a snap power slam, which Joe then power slammed him on the exposed concrete. Joe then uh, rammed Allen headfirst into the ring post that sent Allen spinning out to the floor. That looked fucking crazy. Doctor and the referee went to go check on him. It's like a rag doll out there. Joe counted along with Bryce Remsburg. Allen beat the count, got back in the ring. He got some offense on Joe, but Joe hit a, a Manhattan drop, charging kick, sent on, went for a cover, gets a two count. Allen then kind of coaxed or baited Joe to the floor. He tried a slingshot dive. Joe caught Allen, sent Allen 
Um, or But Allen sent Joe into the steps and hit a huge coffin drop off the top rope. So some momentum for Darby Allen here. We get back in the ring. Allen hit the over-the-top stunner. He had a beautiful-looking code red. Joe kicked out. He ran into a Uranagi from Joe. Uh, he fought out of the corner to try for a coffin drop, but he fell right into a rear-naked choke, and uh, that was basically it. He, uh, he passed out at that, and Joe catches him off the top rope in the coffin drop, and the ref called the match. It was over. Post-match, Allen shoved Joe, who got back up, saying he wanted more. I'm still standing. So Joe headbutted him, knocked him down. He grabbed his skateboard with the wheels up, placed it on the mat, and he delivered a muscle buster off the, off the ropes. He put him on the top rope, muscle buster on top of the skateboard, and his back, Jesse, landed absolutely flush on the wheels. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I mean, you couldn't pay me to take that fucking spot. No. This, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. And then he put the sleeper on him again, and then Wardlow showed up and ran Joe off. So we're still building towards Joe and Wardlow. Unbelievable stuff. So we can't call it the Coquina Clutch anymore? Is that what it is? Uh, I get you, Coquina Clutch, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Well, no, commentary didn't call it that. No? Uh, no, they, they they call it a sleeper, right? Because yeah. I put sleeper in my notes. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, does, I mean, the WWE, how does WWE have the Coquina Clutch but not the Muscle Buster? I mean, well, they didn't, they, they, they weren't allowing Joe to use the Muscle Buster because he, uh, he retired uh, Tyson Kidd. Yeah, but the name of it, they can call the name, they can call the muscle buster the muscle buster here in AEW, but they're not calling it the Coquina Clutch. No. It's weird. But uh, yes, Joe and Wardlow, we, uh, we're getting a, a little bit of a tease there for another match. I don't know what happens there. I, I don't know if uh, Wardlow ends up taking the title back from Samoa Joe. I, at this point, bro, I don't even want Wardlow to win the title from Joe. I'm liking Joe in the fucking role that he's in. He doesn't need two championships. I don't think he needs the Ring of Honor TV championship. I don't know what they do with this match against Juice Robinson on Saturday, but if Wardlow wants to interfere there and cost Joe the title and Joe is full-fledged on Dynamite, you ain't going to hear a peep out of me. I would love for that to happen. And I got to I, I gotta put this out there, man. I've been, I've been waiting patiently to say this line, waiting for something to change to, to make it wrong, but I've yet to come across it, but... Wardlow has been ruined. Wardlow has been ruined. He's been ruined, man. He he is not the killer that he's no well, he's no longer the killer that he came off to us to be when he was fresh off the MJF feud. Um, he became, you know, TNT champion, then he lost it. Now he's trying to get it back again. That 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 energy that 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 mojo that he had when he was when he was white hot it's it's just fizzled it's just fizzled man Mo, I mean Wardlow just does he just doesn't have I think he's fucking ruined man and you know listen man I'm not even going to disagree with you I mean I want I, I think ruined is a little bit of a harsh term I, I think he I, I think he's definitely gotten the short end of the stick for sure. But like I said with Miro, I mean, these guys are going to have contracts coming up. I don't know what Wardlow's status is, but when their contracts are up and they look at the creative vision in their time here and Wardlow's going to look back at this specific run, he's going to be a little bit more open to hearing what the other side has to say because everybody knows, including Wardlow, and everybody over there wants him desperately 
to join uh, WWE, and he's going to give them a look, bro. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, I want to stay with AEW. I want to stay. This is my home. He's going to give other places a look because of this. Miro is going to look other places because of the way that he's been mishandled. I don't want to yeah. say I don't want to say ruined, but the vibe there bro. is not is not where it needs to be at all. And this is another guy, bro, like Ricky Starks. This man should be front and center on the show and involved every fucking week. There is absolutely yeah. no excuse for that. These are the men and women, you know. This these are the men in this case that the fans want to see. These are the men that are going to be AEW's future. Why are they not being featured here? Yeah. It's almost as if Tony Khan's allergic to getting these guys to a level where they're too big because he's afraid they're going to fucking leave him in the dust. That's what it feels yeah, like to I, me. Yeah, no, I, 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 I still say Wardlow is ruined. I don't, he's not buried. No. He's not buried and dead, but he needs to be built up. He needs to be built back up. He needs to be, you know, gotten into a position where you can do something with him in a, in a world title picture maybe even. But the thing is, he was already there. He was already there. He was already in that spot. You have to now build him back up to a spot that he was already at. You ruined him. You had him there. You fucking ruined it. Now you got to start all over again with him. You know, it just is fucked up. He was, MJF got him right where he needed to be, and you dropped it. So now you got to do it all over again. You, You fucking ruined everything that MJF fucking worked at, putting him in his stable, Going to that feud with him, putting them over and everything else, and start over. You got to start over now. I, I don't know how anybody looks at this, thinking that if Wardlow wins the TNT title from Joe again, that it's going to be any different. What, 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 what would him winning the TNT title again for a second time from Samoa Joe do that the first time didn't do? Yeah. Like he's, he's. I mean, Joe is 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 great. But it's it's all in the execution. It's all in the follow-up. What are you going to do differently? Why would I believe you're going to do anything differently with Warlow a second time around if he's going to win the TNT title again when you did nothing the first time? Yeah. You took it from um, if you moved him up the ladder and onto bigger and better things, then it would make sense for him to take that L because you're passing that mojo to someone else. But now you got Warlow trying to get that mojo back because he lost it. Is Joe the type of guy that is going to garner that level of heat to help Wardlow get back to where he is? Yes, Joe is absolutely capable of that. But, I mean, it's all, it's all in what you do after MJ, uh, after Wardlow uh, wins the title. Well, what are you going to do? MJF yeah. was the perfect setup, and he dropped the ball. I mean, he was feuding with fucking 20 guards and Mark Sterling. It's <laughs> yeah. not really a follow-up. Like, you fucking killed everything. And I understand, I understand there was tumultuous times and MJF was a huge question mark and all this other nonsense, but this guy needs to be on TV every week. No excuses. None. Yeah. We got a tag team match here with the Blackpool Combat Club. Claudio, Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta with John Moxley on the outside against Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager with his fucking bucket hat. Very standard tag team match here. Really nothing special. Kind of... Just getting Wheeler Yuta and Claudio some work before the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Claudio's wrestling Jericho, and Yuta's wrestling Daniel Garcia for the Pure Championship on Saturday afternoon. So, we got the Blackpool Combat Club winning here. I'm not really going to go over exactly everything that happened here. Uh, Claudio went for a springboard uppercut. Guevara stopped him, and this was uh, right in front of Rick Knox, who did nothing. And then John Moxley said, you know what? If you're not going to do anything, I'm going to take care of this guy. He took care of Guevara. Hager slapped on an ankle lock on Claudio. Garcia got the dragon uh, tamer on Yuta. Claudio spun free, sent Hager into Garcia, hit a huge uppercut on Hager to win the match. 
And that was it for the Blackpool Combat Club. So they got a, a nice little win going into final battle. The story came when Tony Schiavone got in the ring. He was in there with all three guys. And they showed a clip of William Regal interviewed a few weeks before the attack on, on him by MJF. So this was right after Full Gear and before the attack by MJF. So we got an interview conducted here with Regal and Tony Schiavone. He told Regal he was a good friend that he's known for 30 years. And Regal said, people will only see this interview if something bad happens to me. He said he took great exception to what MJF did to Giovanni, and he seemed angry about the emails. He says he gave him what he wanted, ultimately. Now he's the world champion. He wanted the world championship. I gave it to him. He says he should be careful now what he wishes for because everyone is going to be chasing him. He said the three main members of the Blackpool Combat Club don't need him anymore, but they wouldn't agree with him and let him go. He said he needed to show them why they don't need him and how they can teach Wheeler to be one of the best wrestlers in the world on their own without him. He said Moxley is a calculated man and he'll understand that he did what he did to teach him the final thing he could ever teach him. Always stay one step ahead and always keep your eyes in the back of your head. He said he's Blackpool Combat Club until the day he dies. Fellows, it's been emotional. What'd you think of this explanation, Jesse? I mean, I, I thought it was a, a classy way for him to go. Um, clearly, this was filmed at some point uh, in, in, in the last uh, day or two or so. But uh, I, I thought this was fine, you know, seeing how he, he needed to really reroute the plans because William Regal wanted out of there to go back to the WWE, be with his family and his, his son and work for Triple H. But I thought this was a solid way to just end it all. I mean, I, have, I thought the attack was great. And then the explanation here, it was a classy way to let him go. I, I don't quite understand it, I don't think. So he he gave MJF what he wanted from Moxley. Why, again, so I'm clear? He gave MJF what he wanted. Uh, he said he gave him what he wanted. Now he's world champion. He said he should be careful what he wishes for because everyone's going to be chasing him. I, I guess he basically gave MJF what he wanted because he was crying to him in the emails. And then he told Moxley that this is a big lesson. You know, he said, Moxley's a calculated man. Uh, I did what I did. This is the final thing I could ever teach you. Always stay one step ahead and always keep eyes in the back of your head. And uh, he said he needed to show them why they don't need him and how they can teach Wheeler Yuta to be a great wrestler on their own without him. Yeah, I don't know. It still doesn't make any sense why he ripped... Um helped MJF win the title from Moxley. It, it doesn't quite add up for me. But for the story that they told, I mean, I I understand. I think I understand what I, what they were trying to do. But from, you know, the standpoint of how he how he left, why would he help MJF win and then walk away from his crew? I don't know. I, I'm not quite understanding it. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. I can see why people. I, I can see why people don't understand that. But I, I'm going to throw something out there. I, I think there was a hidden message in this. I, yeah. I, I think the "always stay one step ahead and always keep eyes in the back of your head" line that is what really kind of stood out to me. Like, is is that is that meaning that someone in the Blackpool Combat Club is going to turn on John Moxley? Is is again? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is Brian going to turn on Moxley? I don't. I mean, I don't see that happening. I mean, I think Brian's going to be set up for MJF, and Brian's going to seek revenge for what happened. 
uh, against Regal, against MJF. But is there anybody that's going to turn here uh, on Moxley? I don't know. I mean, that's the one line that stood me, out to me. Let me ask you this. Why does Moxley no longer care about the title? I don't know. He, he didn't he really. Got, he, he, didn't, he, didn't say he didn't say anything. No, he got, he got screwed by MJF. Regal's leaving. And now Moxley is more concerned about. Hangman. What? I don't know. Why does he not give a shit about? I thought he was leaving. Everybody thought he was taking his break, but he's still here. Okay, he's still here. Why does he not give a shit about his title anymore? I I don't know. I mean, Moxley didn't even really respond to anything that Regal said here. I mean, he just basically went on a, a tangent about the, the Blackpool Combat Club and basically came off in a way that they're stronger than ever. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it does it does come off. I could see why Jesse is a little like, hey, I mean, this shit sucks, and some people in the chat say it's lame. You know, it's it, it does I'm, look I'm trying, like, I'm on the outside looking in, bro. I'm it, saying it sucks because I'm just trying to understand. It, 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 it is a little messy. Yeah. It is a little I messy. I don't get it. Like, it went over my head. I don't understand it. So I'm not, I mean, I don't want, I don't want to be like, I missed it. And then I look like I'm the idiot when someone explains it to me. Then I'm like, oh, but right now I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me. You know what they should, you know what they should have did in all honesty? This is just me speaking from a, a, a fan point of view and watching the show and watching wrestling as long as I have. They, they were better off not even fucking doing the segment. To be honest yeah. with you. They were better off yeah. not even giving you an explanation. I think, I think the, the, the regal, uh, you know, stretcher job in the attack last week was more than enough to fucking sell yes. and get him out of there. That was yes. it. I, 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 I took a chance. I took a risk, and I backed a horse, and that horse screwed me, and yes. I went out, you know, in shame because I screwed my friend. That, that's how you go out looking at the lights for Regal. You yeah. know, you took a beat down, and you put someone else over. You made him a bigger heel. I mean, that was Regal doing business the right way. You know, that, that interview that we just got tonight, I— I'm I'm starting. I'm not in the belief that we didn't need it at all. No, we didn't need it at all. I mean, the visual of him last week being stretched out is all the visual that you need. You know, like Jesse said, he he played with the devil. He got burned and he got yep. fucked over. Goodbye. I mean, you yep. don't really get a lot of uh, write offs on television that way, and that was a great one. There was, was no epic. need to say what he said tonight because it just made things a little messy and a lot more convoluted. And I don't even think John Moxley looked like he had a, a real great explanation for what William Regal <laughs> like, what said the in the ring. Like, what the see? fuck? <laughs> like, his, his facial expressions were like, what the fuck did he just say? Like, I'm <laughs> fucking confused more than anybody else here. They were better off just not even doing it. I, this is why yeah. AEW fucking, you know, it's always... You know, one step forward and three steps back with them in certain situations. They try yeah. and overcompensate and try to do too much when the bare minimum is perfect sometimes. It was good. It was good. It, it was good. He, he had his crew. He had his stable. He fell for MJF's bullshit. He got sucked in. He thought he had, you know, a new horse to back and everything else. He got fucked over. He got, got knocked out, you know, killed, taken to a hospital and everything else. And, hey. You know, I I I I played with the devil and I got fucked over. You yeah. know, like you said, you know, you know, and I went out on the stretcher. You know, MJF is the fucking man. He took advantage of me. He ruined the Blackpool Comeback Club. You know, the guys on top now, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Less is more sometimes, TK. Less is more. Yeah. We got Malachi Black and the House of Black. This was fucking awesome. I love the vibe of this. I love the fucking music behind this. This was incredibly well done. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, four individuals here that need to be on TV weekly. I don't want to hear yeah. any bullshit. Okay? 
You need a solid nucleus on your television show. These are the fucking people that people want to see. So we got Malachi who said the company has allowed itself to be corrupted by people pointing fingers while still holding the shovel in their hands that they use to bury others. I wonder who he's talking about. (laughs) He says it's time for him and the House of Black to address the corruption. All others in the House of Black, all the other three members walked into view and had words. Black closed the segment by saying next Wednesday... Come one, come all. And we saw clips of the House of Black beating down Brandon Cutler of the Elite. So it looks like it looks like we, it looks like we may be getting a House of Black versus Elite feud after this best of seven series is over. But that fucking scares me, Jesse, because after they give the Elite the championships, which is what this is leading to, yes. how soon after that are they going to realistically drop the championships? Or are we looking at a House of Black being fed to the elite, which is the last fucking thing that we need. Nobody should be thinking that creatively. Are we looking at the House of Black being fed to the elite here, bro? Because that's the vibe I'm getting from this. I hope not. I hope maybe we're getting, look, maybe we're getting this. Maybe we're getting um, Matthews and and Brody versus the Young Bucks. I'd take that. Maybe we're getting that. I take some Maybe Malachi Kenny. Get... I take some. Give me some Buddy Matthews and some fucking Kenny Omega, please. Please, take that's all the shit that my people want to see. Yeah, please. Yeah. Tony Schiavone sat down with Jamie Hader. Hader asked him what he wants to know. Schiavone said the women's division has been blossoming. I, I gotta say, bro, I uh, I quite enjoy Jamie Hader's accent, bro. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love Jamie Hader's accent, accent, accent. <laughs> Uh, you 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 want to get canceled, bro? You know, Brit may be, may be watching, bro. I don't need I don't need Brit in my DM. Hi, Brittany. Okay. Yeah, hi, Brit. How you doing? Sorry, no, they watch sorry us for my sorry room. for my friend's uh, lack of professionalism. Uh, Hater said that they it's interesting. Hater says it's interesting, but unfortunately for everybody else, she's at the top of the totem pole. She said she'll do her duty as champion and defend her title. She said she'll be watching the women's match on Rampage Friday between Hikaru Shita and Bunny. She said, whoever wins that match gets to wrestle for her AEW Women's Championship, if they want. She said she's a fighting champion and a bloody good one at that. So, uh, I, I don't know why. Hikaru Shida is holding some fucking Japanese Women's Championship. I, I don't know why this title is being defended on AEW television. I don't even know what it is. The the Soundwave uh, Transformers uh, Decepticon title. I don't know what the fuck it's called, man. Like, why do we have these championships that nobody... Am I going to be... Is, is someone else going to be in my DM? What is this championship, and why the fuck do I care about it? And why is it being defended on Dynamite? Or Rampage? I've been asking that series of questions for months in this company. Everyone gets a title. They just pass them out in Gorilla, bro. Everybody goes out. You get a title. You get a title. Here's your title. Joe, you get two. Hook, we just made one for you. Sheeta, FTR, we got a bunch of titles for you guys. Hold on. I mean, More t- everyone gets titles. I mean, I don't I don't understand this. And we're making a match between Sheeta and Bunny, the right to wrestle Jamie Hayter. What, what has Bunny done to even deserve an opportunity to even speak of a championship match? I mean, are we fucking serious here? MJF, let's make him a new title. We got diamond rings. We got fucking Mexican titles. We got Japanese uh, fucking Joshi titles. I mean, give me a fucking break. Don't here. forget the fucking titles that Britt Baker and Adam Cole have at home. Yes. The pink titles. 
I don't know. Everyone has titles, bro. What fucking a waste of Nyla time. stole fucking Jade's title. There's just ti- everyone gets titles. What a waste of time. Titles. Oh. Jade Cargill and the baddies, Red Velvet and Layla Gray versus Kiara Hogan, Sky Blue, and Madison Rain. This was a six-woman tag team trios Sky match. Sky, uh, Sky Blue. Sky blue, yes. The sky is blue, bro. Gotcha. Uh, not much to say. I mean, I mean, what, what what do you guys want me to say about this man? I I, I love Jake Cargill, man. man. Jay, she's fucking awesome. Anybody, everybody, see her uh, her uh, photo shoot there at the whatever basketball game she was at with Naomi, right? She made yeah. uh, all the geeks on social media swoon over uh, over her and Naomi and the same thing. Oh, Naomi's going to AEW. There no. you go. No, she's not. There you go. I, I love how commentary was putting this, putting it over. Like, look at Jade not wrestle. Maybe look Naomi can teach. Na- maybe maybe look Naomi at- maybe Naomi, Naomi sat there as they shared a box of Cracker Jacks, and Naomi tried to uh, kind of uh, go over exactly what she needs to do in the ring. Maybe teach her a thing or two about wrestling. I don't know. What do you want? What do you want me to say about this? I mean, this was this is. It was bad. This. <laughs> who, ca- bad. who cares about this shit? Nobody. Jade, listen, dead. the one thing I noticed about Jade, when she does what she does good, she does it great. The fucking finish, Jaded looks great. The pin, the fucking licking of the fingers and fucking going down her for, for cleavage, it's fucking, it's fucking great. Right? I love it. She's got, she's got a great, when she wants to do those things, she's great. But my God, man, it's almost as if she's afraid to wrestle. The, what is she doing in there? The, so, Standing around, fucking waiting yeah. to get hit. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing there. I mean, here's the thing. The, the gimmick has run its course. Yes. She's 40. She's 43 and 0. 42 and 1. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's run its course. Her flaws are being, you know, widely exposed in her matches. That's not a knock. All right. We all know that she has room to improve and she will improve. I, I have faith she will improve. But right now, She's out there so much and she's and she's she's out there to the point where she's exposing her her weaknesses. Yeah. And, and that's not a knock on her. everybody has weaknesses, but you're supposed to go out there and accentuate the good things and 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 hide the weaknesses. But you're out there so much, you're trying different things and it's now showing your flaws. Um they gotta change it up. They can't just keep rolling with this Goldberg undefeated shit. Something has to get changed up. You got to back off of her a little bit. Give her give her room to improve. It's hard for her to it's hard for her to improve as champion on this streak because to try different things and they don't come off right. They don't look right. You look bad as champion doing them. If you're not champion anymore, you're trying to build yourself back up to get back to where you were. You're trying different things, trying different you know moves, gimmicks, things like that. You don't look bad doing it as champion. I mean it's. It's about time to take that L. It really, really, really is. Yeah, yeah. She's done nothing with that TBS title. I think the TBS title is worth worth less now than it was when we first seen it. Yeah, they just, they, they made that title for her, man. Yeah, they literally made that. We have two women's champions on a. I for the love of God, someone please explain to me why we have two women's champions in this company. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've please. I've been sa- I've been saying it since day one. Jamie Hayter to me feels like the only true women's champion in the company. I'm I'm sorry. Jay Cargill was the you know she. It's funny that she kicked out Kiara Hogan out of the baddies, and Kiara Hogan is a is a like ten times better wrestler than Jay Cargill. 
Kira Hogan should be the fucking TBS champion. I mean, it, there should not be a TBS champion. <laughs> <laughs> there really shouldn't be. I don't know. Red Velvet started giving her some looks at the end of the match. I don't know if you caught that. Maybe she's going to turn on Jade. I have no idea. I don't know. Does, do you care? No. Nobody cares. No. Nobody no. cares. No, but we got, we got Bow Wow in the few. I can't wait to see Bow Wow. Who is he bringing in, huh? Oh, the wrestler himself, like, like he, you know, in the ring himself, like Ellsworth. Ah, nobody cares. Soraya was backstage with Tony Schiavone. Who? Never mind. <laughs> Soraya was backstage with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Britt Baker interrupted, and she again. congratulated uh, Soraya on her win and said it'll never happen again. She told Soraya that her first match in AW was on a pay-per-view against the women's division's top star. Really now? Yeah. I thought the champion was the top well, star. The champ, thank you. Well, I thought the goddamn champion was a title. And we have two women's champions. Neither one of Brit is Britt Baker. No. no. But she's the women's top star. She gave her a ticket for an upcoming show at the Kia Center in L.A. in January. So uh, she wants Soraya in L.A. to wrestle for AEW on Dynamite. Soraya said she'd happily beat her again. And Baker said, no, you're not going to be beating me. It's going to be a tag team match. I'm going to be there with Jamie Hayter, who's not here right now, but I'll be there with Jamie Hayter, so I want you to go find a tag team partner for that show at a Kia Center. Now, Jesse, I, I know there are a list of people, and no clowns. It's not Sasha Banks, okay? Sasha is not going to join AEW, though it would uh, make sense for the team with Soraya. I mean, we could see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Bro, I think the likely tag team partner, and Tony Stone would be fucking bored. They're not going to promote a match a month in advance for Tony Storm, okay? Um, two people on the top of my list here, bro. I don't know what the likelihood of it is to be Chris Statlander, but or what the recovery process is for her. It could be her returning to team with Soraya, or or this is the day we see to- uh, Thunder Rosa get back and team with Soraya against Britt Baker. Yeah, one of those two, yeah. So there you go. Um, I'm also interested to find out um, any kind of update, any kind of status update for Chris Statlander. Um, I think that injury severely crippled the the women's division. I mean, it was just it was just very bad timing because she was ready to take off, man. She was ready to go, and then um, it's just so fucking unfortunate. Um, I I, I hope she's ready to come back. If she's not, um, I had Thunder Rosa coming back in the next few weeks as they do this Texas loop, but we shall see. We shall see. But, but, yeah, I think it's definitely Statlander or Thunder Rosa. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning more so it's Thunder Rosa. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think I think it makes sense as they continue the Brit and Thunder Rosa feud. And then we got the Acclaims. This is Max Caster and Anthony Bowens against FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler, AW Tag Team title match. Bro, what did you make of all the hoopla on social media about the PWI Top 100 Tag Team? Bro, who's your top tag team this year? Is it the Usos or is it FTR? I think it's the Usos. You think it's the Usos? Yeah. Okay. Listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and argue with anybody that says the Usos. The bloodline's the I, biggest thing in pro wrestling right now. I think it's I think it's really messed up and sad how FTR is out there crying about not being number one though. <laughs> I mean, I mean I the, 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 the the second half of the year, bro, they have been off TV, so I think it really kind of hurt, hurt them in uh, in that stance with the fans. Like you know, you know, I, the, I Us- think- the Usos are there every week. I, th- I think those lists are very good conversational pieces for a podcast like this and fans to, you know, talk about their favorites. You know, I, th- I think they're really good for that. But I think it's bad 
when the talent themselves are putting themselves out there saying, oh, what is this? How come we're not number one? I'm like, bro, bro, just do you be happy you're number two and don't add to it by going out and making comments about this shit. I mean, if you just don't, if you don't acknowledge it, you don't give it any more weight. The fact that we know you sit around and you try to strive to be number one of PW Insider's top whatever list, it's kind of sad to me. Don't acknowledge it, man. Yeah. Just let it go. Just let it the fuck go. The Usos got the got the, got the best that exchange coming out saying you motherfuckers mad. What y'all mad about, man? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe 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 they're going into business for themselves and they're setting something up that we don't know is uh, actually going to happen next year. You know, maybe right, we get man. FDR on the Usos next year and the FD, and FDR goes back to the E. Bring it, bring it on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm loving the Usos body of work this year, and I, I'm not gonna fucking complain about them being number one. No, I'm, I'm not gonna. If, complain. if, if, if you want to say FTR is number one, I'm not gonna complain about that. You know, I don't see anyone being wrong in that. You know, but it's not a travesty. The Usos have been, the Usos have been around for God knows how many years, man. And right now they're at the number one. They're at the top of their fucking game right now. Someone you know, uh, can't be mad at them, man. Is it is it because of Roman? Yeah, probably. You know, but they're also doing their fucking part in it, though. You did, they're just not standing there next to fucking Roman, man. Main event J. Yeah. You know, the 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 body of work and the storytelling they've been doing with fucking Sammy, dude. They they've been killing it. They've been killing it. The only blemish that I have on the Usos for this entire year was the fucking issue with Jimmy and the DUI. That's it. And the way that Vince and Bruce booked them before Triple H took over. Yeah, they were yeah. booking them to look like fucking losers every week, you know. But outside of that, man, they 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 look like killers. You know, they got synergy in the ring. They put on fucking great matches. They look like fucking uh, a legit tag team. They are they are serious. That fucking Usos number one. You're not gonna get a complaint from me, man. Yeah, listen, man. You, uh, I have no problem with the Usos. I think they're. Uh, I think the bloodline. Whatever you guys know, how how I uh, love the bloodline stuff with Sammy and the Usos and everything that's going on. I praise it every week. So. You know, good luck to them. Congratulations to them. But FTR, to me, you know, don't don't uh, slight FTR in any way. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, to me, if you if you really want to talk about it, I think the body of work in ring with FTR is better than the Usos. But you know, more influential right now this year probably goes to the Usos. Yeah, I'm not afraid I mean, to I, that. I don't I don't think it was a bad thing to be number two if FTR never would have mentioned it. The Usos wouldn't have mentioned it, and it'd be a dead issue. Yeah, you know, FTR are the ones that said like we're number ones. So yeah. Like, who Usos wrote this, Paul Heyman? Yeah, who wrote this? What are you with? Usos, are you mad, bro? What the fuck you mad for, man? You <laughs> we the ones. You know, it was, it was good. But uh, this tag team match was, uh, this was very, very good. Um, I expected a banger. These two teams delivered a banger. Uh, they looked great, both teams. Crowd was heavily into it. And uh, we did not get any uh, iffy back and forth here. They, they were the crowd were into both teams as they should. Two of the big, uh, most over babyface teams in all of pro wrestling here in FTR and the acclaimed. Um, FTR knocked Caster and Bones outside, uh, and they hit Caster with a slingshot using the bottom rope as the guillotine. And then Caster was isolated mostly through the commercial break. So we got FTR. In control here. Wheeler was sent to the outside, uh, and Harwood was lit up with some combos to get Bowens a near fall. Harwood battled back, rolling Germans. Wheeler was on the apron, collided with Bowens. Harwood got a roll up with the tights for a two. 
Bowens hit a neck breaker of his own for a two count. He made a blind tag to uh, Cash. FTR hit a spike pile driver on Bowens, I believe, for a near fall. FTR went for a double suplex, but Caster took out Wheeler with a spear. Bowens hit a small package for a near fall. Caster tagged in, hit a Cazadora cutter. Harwood sent Caster colliding into his partner. FTR had to fight for uh, the next sequence here. Hit the big rig. Bowens broke up the count. Crowd was going crazy with this is awesome chance. That was a great near fall there. FTR went for the big powerplex. Wheeler made the tag. Bowens sent Harwood to the floor. Bowens hit the arrival on Wheeler. Caster missed the mic drop elbow. Bowens then was taken out by a slam by Cash, who turned Caster inside out with a lariat and several of them to follow for a two count. Wheeler hit another home run lariat, powerbomb stack. Caster rolled through it, hooked the legs, and got a fluky pin here for the one, two, three, and the acclaimed beats FTR clean. No interference or anything like that. No shenanigans. And they retained the tag team championships. Post-match, Wheeler was frustrated. Everyone shook hands. They scissored in respect. Then we see the ass boys on the screen. And they are standing in front of a Christmas tree. And they got Christmas stockings. They called FTR trash. And had a card in a stocking saying the Briscoe brothers have challenged them to a double dog collar match at final battle on Saturday for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. That's the way the show goes off the air. So I'm assuming that FTR is going to accept this challenge. And if they do, bro, I I do not see FTR going up 3-0 on the Briscoes this year. We may be looking at new Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Yeah, yeah, let's get some of those damn titles off of them, man. Yeah. I mean, they can drop those titles, and they still got about 14 more to go. You know, um... They need to come up with some kind of direction for FTR, man. What are we doing with these guys? Because apparently we're pushing the acclaim as the number one tag team on AEW right now. I don't see them losing those titles anytime soon. I don't know. It kind of, it kind of feels to me that, uh, I, I don't know, man. You know, FTR, Dax said in an interview that they're keeping their options open about their contracts coming up in April 2023. Um, I don't know what Tony Khan is doing with FTR. It seems like he's going to ride them out on Ring of Honor until their contracts are up. What it feels like I can to me. see them. I can see them going back to the E, man. Me too. They are, um, I mean, and and not for lack of like you know productivity, man. But they are getting up there in age, and they do have injury issues at times. Yeah. So um, I can see them. You know, they had a nice little stint here. They were they were treated okay. Could they have been treated better? Oh, absolutely. But they were spotlighted. They were treated well. They were treated as you know one of the best tag teams in the world. So there's nothing to complain here. But I could see them going back and trying their hand again with Triple H in charge. Yeah, I, maybe maybe the fact that uh, that uh, Dax had kind of alluded that they're keeping their options open and they will be uh, looking at other options when their contracts are up. Maybe Tony Khan doesn't want to push them because he's not really he's not really uh, in a situation where he is trusting them to to actually stay. You know, so there may yeah. be a little hesitation on Tony Khan's part to creatively book them the way he wants, but. You know, they're, they're you know, right now weighing their options, and he doesn't want to give them everything he's got because of their uh, their indecision, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, which is, you know, which is fine, man. I mean, AEW is loaded with teams, tag teams, factions, trios, teams. Yep. Um, they're not going to miss FTR leaving, and WWE could really use a tag team like FTR right now. It, 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 I think it would help both companies if they went back to the E. Um, that'll free up more room for for other teams like the Acclaim and other upcoming tag teams to advance. Yep. 
Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't see a major problem with FTR if they should decide to go back to WWE. No, I think I, it'd be a best move. The, a best move for all. Parties. Yeah, I would welcome that. I mean, it's a completely different yeah. landscape over there. So uh, we'll we'll definitely keep a close eye on that. But uh, yes, the acclaimed did retain the titles, and we're looking at a possible dog collar match, double dog collar match on on Saturday for final battle between the uh, Briscoes and yes. FTR. Rampage is looking like Orange Cassidy is defending the All Atlantic title against a mystery opponent, which. Some people have said is Trent Seven from uh, NXT UK. I don't know how true that is, but uh, uh, the least popular of the Mustache Mountain fellows, uh, Hikaru Shida defends against uh, the Bunny her Regina D Wave title. I mean, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't care. I won't be watching. Uh, winner gets a, a shot at uh, Jamie Hader, Ruby Soho, and Tay Mello. We hear from both of them. How exciting! Uh, Lee Moriarty and them. what? Get to hear from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee Moriarty and uh, Morrissey in tag team action. Oh, man, I can't wait to see that. Athena addresses Mercedes Martinez. More Ring of Honor stuff. Oh, man. And then John Moxley takes on Konosuke Takeshita, which is the only thing worthwhile on this show. Um, doesn't look like Tony Khan has an all-hands-on-deck rampage. It seems like the same shit, if you ask me. Yeah. I, I'm i sure he has a plan for the new year. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I hope so. I hope so. In Dynamite next week, MJF will defend against Ricky Starks. We got the fourth match in the best of seven between the Death Triangle and the Elite, and the House of Black will be in action, and that is everything that's coming up on... So next week is AEW. Winter is Coming? Yes, sir. What was last year's Winter is Coming big event? Was that Sting debuting? No, that was the year before that. year before that. What did we get last year? Uh, What was it? It was Brian and Hangman, I think. Okay. Trying to think, are we are we to expect some some kind of big debut or return or something? I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe just simple as best. We don't need big returns. So give me some I'm great just wrestling. Trying to figure out what they've been doing with Winter is Coming. Why? Like, why is it Winter is Coming? What's happening? It's know? just a theme show. Yeah. You know, to to build uh, intrigue. All right. Well, what's the intrigue? Show me some. What we get? Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. That's it, guys. That is the AW portion of the review. I'd love if everybody sticks around with their cold beverages. We're going to go over the Super Chats in just a little bit. You guys can get in them on, get them on in and hang out with us. Super Chat line is open. We got a couple of bombs tonight we're going to go over. Memberships, uh, always accepting new applications to the VIP club. So get them on in as well. Hit that join button. And uh, that thumbs up, man. I'm going to need you guys, if you're in the chat, hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum today on OTS and the AEW Dynamite. Post show. Maybe Adam Cole comes back. Uh, who knows? Winter is coming. Maybe. I will. I will. Man. Man, they need him. They need him so fucking bad, man. They need him. God. I miss, I miss Bebe. They need Adam Cole back so bad right now. Follow me on social media, guys. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. You guys can follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smart. If you guys want to on Twitter as well, you go check him out on his YouTube channel where he does uh, live reactions to Rampage and AEW Dark. Uh, he did give a PlayStation 5 away in a raffle thanks to my boy Osaki. Uh Raging Girl Gamer is a proud owner of a new uh, almost one terabyte PlayStation 5. That was Wait. a wild. That was a wild night, man. So that's, that's good. So, so Patrick Palmer won. So the so the winner, so the rules of the contest, the winner didn't have to be present, but Patrick Palmer won, and he was present, and he decided. He said, "Hey, you know what? 
I want to give it to a, to another viewer because I have one and I have no need for one right now. And he said, I, I, I can't decide who to give it to, so I'm going to put it back on the wheel. So he said, all right, man, it's your call. So we put it back on the wheel, spun it, came up with another viewer, wasn't there. Spun it again, came up to another viewer that was just there. Greg Goldman was there. You know he was there because he super chatted that night. Yep. But he left after Patrick Palmer won. So we spun it again. And then Rage showed up in the chat as the wheel was spinning because it spun it spins for a full minute. And then Rage showed up in the chat and said, Hey guys, what's going on? I'm like, hey man, it'd be funny. Watch Rage wins. And it stopped on Rage and she won. That's incredible. Congratulations yeah. to Rage. New uh PlayStation 5 disc version. Uh, and I want to thank you guys for um helping me out push the merch, the limited time merch that we have with Lucharillas. That is now over and done with. We sold nearly 30 shirts in the three weeks. That is awesome. I did not expect to sell 30, so that is great. And uh, they were very happy with the turnout as well. And we're giving away a shirt signed by Lucha Brothers, uh, Pentagon Jr. And I'm here to announce the winner tonight. And the winner is Lee Apostle Jr. So if Lee Apostle Jr. is listening to the show, I'm going to need you to hit me up on Twitter and I will get your information to uh, Luchrillas and the fine team over at Luchrillas so we can get you that signed Pentagon Junior t-shirt awesome stuff there man so thank you to Luchrillas as always and uh, I see myself working with them again in the very near future no question let's get into the super chats guys I want to start off with Joseph Taylor as always JD Jesse for a million dollars who would you take a chop from Walter or Dax 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 Come on, Joseph. $4 super job by Joseph Taylor. AJ Styles or Kenny Omega? Better in the rank. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Maybe rebuild Wardlow by pairing him with Darby. No. No. No way. Tony Brown with a $1.99 super chat. I saw booty meat. That was the only thing worthwhile about that women's match, bro. Kira Hogan, man. Yeah. Dom Wapo. 199. Love that promo battle between MJF and Ricky Starks. Absolutely incredible television, Don Wapo. PMAC with a $5 super chat. Out of all three spinoffs, which one do you think will be the best? Rick and Michonne, Negan, Maggie, or Daryl? I'm looking forward to Negan and Maggie, bro, to be quite honest with you. I didn't finish it yet. I'm looking forward to all three of them, but definitely uh, Negan and Maggie. Rick and Michonne, uh, I'm looking to see some uh, conclusions there as well. Um, we got Dom Wapo. Thank you, PMAC. Thank you, Brandon Hudgens with a new membership. Brandon, what are you drinking tonight to celebrate your VIP membership, man? Thank you so much, PMAC with a five dollar super chat. Mercedes posted she just finished shooting her first movie, but according to the AW Marks, Bow Wow is supposed to bring her into AEW. No, now Mercedes is going to be back in the WWE, bro. Come on, if she shows up in AEW, I uh will buy. I will buy, uh, I don't know. I'll buy uh, Jesse uh, a fucking old-fashioned. I don't know. I don't know. I'll get him uh, I'll get him a bottle of whiskey. I mean, she's not, bro, she's not going to AEW. No. Why do people still think she's going to AEW? Uh, because it's fun to think about in the fantasy book, man. I don't know. Drew Gilmore with a three-month membership. Thank you, buddy. 
What's up, guys? A-plus Dynamite tonight, topped off with the only A-plus podcast in the IWC. Happy holidays. Love the Mortal Kombat mix from earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, that Mortal Kombat mix is not on the Spotify uh, playlist. I could not find it. But if you guys want to know who it is, it is Andy James. Andy James Mortal Kombat. Just look it up on YouTube. Uh, Drew, thank you, buddy. Nick Williams, thank you for the $100 bomb, brother. On a night where Frontiers and Genshin fans are causing drama on social media. I don't know why. Uh, AEW Dynamite was epic. Looking forward to Ring of Honor Final. Battle also beginning Sunday, 1-1-23. I'll, be, I'll begin streaming my games weekly. What game will I stream? Get those likes to 1K to find out. Nick Williams is streaming on uh, New Year's Day. 794 right now. Man. There you go. Like Nick Williams said, chat, get the likes up, man. What the fuck are you guys doing? Why is it like pulling teeth to get the likes up? Well, no, man. It's free, right? It's, it's still free. free. I mean, it, 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 listen, man, you hit the thumbs up, man. It's, it literally burns like four calories, bro. Man. There you go. Just hit, it, it turns blue. Man, it turns dude, sky blue. What's wrong with you people? I don't know. Uh, Angel Alago with a $100, $125 super chat. Hey, JD, as always, you and Jesse have great streams. Thank you, brother. Tonight, Thank the you. promo and last match was the highlight of the show. Yes, I thought it was an excellent show tonight. Thank you, Angel, for the unbelievable generosity. And Nick Williams. Thank you, gentlemen. Daniel with a 1999. Hey, JD, I'm going to see Black Veil Brides motionless in white and Ice Nine Kills this weekend. Are these guys your cup of coffee? Uh, Daniel, the answer would be no. Oh. Definitely no. Bow Wow is not related to fucking Snoop Dogg. Oh, is that why they're saying it? Like Snoop, Snoop, Dogg, Snoop, Snoop Dogg is like uh, the, the fucking pit bull and Bow Wow is like the uh, little I mean, uh, Yorkshire I Terrier? Know, I get it. Snoop Dogg and Bow Wow was a bark. Oh, oh, I, oh. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah, let's throw Rick Steiner in there, too, bro. Let's throw Braun yeah. Breaker in there. They're all related to Snoop Dogg. Jesus Christ. The NYC Demon Diva, Issa. Issa, got to, Issa, Issa got to ask TK a question tonight. On, uh, or this afternoon, rather, on, this, on the, the, the media call. Ask her about FTR. Or ask him about FTR. All right. Nice. I would have asked the question, but uh, I don't think he, I don't think he uh, is too, too kind, too uh, complimentary of me lately. Um, uh, Issa, thank you for the 16 months. I'm just using my member chat to apologize for my dog's actions tonight on this chat. He's taking advantage of my authority. Fucking Roman. How could you be mad at Roman, though? Fucking Roman. I don't know. No, Bow Wow is not related to Snoop. I, Vanilla Ice is not related to Ice T or Ice Cube. Okay. I know there's ice in the names. Relax. Oh, you mean to tell me that Rob Van Winkle is not related to Ice Cube? Not quite. Not quite. No? Oh, man. Not so much. Nope. Man, that Rob Van Winkle, man. He's a talented guy. Yeah. Jay Patterson with a $2 super chat. Who turns, Yuda or Claudio? Uh, why I don't it, think why either one of them turns. Turn? <laughs> yeah, why do they have to turn? I just want the, the fucking Blackpool Combat Club and JAS stuff to end. That's all I care about. Yeah, I don't think either one is close to turning right now. No. No, we don't need turns. No. 
R.D. Alcorn with a $9.99 Super Chat. Hey, thanks for all y'all do. I will watch the review in the morning. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. It was an awesome show. I was there in person and really enjoyed it. Have a good night. Thank you, R.D. Alcorn. You guys were lively in Austin, Texas tonight. Cliff Goat with a four months. What are you drinking to celebrate tonight, Cliff Goat? I attended the show tonight. The Moxley to catch the match was the best match across both shows tonight. Great Austin crowd. Yeah, I may actually, uh, I may actually have to go back and watch that match. Otis, Otis with a twelve month. What are you drinking, Otis? Can we get Briscoes versus Usos somewhere? Love you guys. Hashtag OTS Bloodline. We the ones. He says. I'm actually a little shocked that Triple H is not poaching Briscoes right about now. Yeah, I don't no, know. They signed to ROH. Yeah, they signed to ROH. Yeah. Okay, no, he can't get them. And uh, Kazama Fury with a four-month VIP membership. I don't understand Rampage's lack of direction. It's mostly filmed after Dynamite. Book the entire three-hour block cohesively. I don't know, man. Things have been said. Suggestions have been brought to the table. And Tony Khan books the show as if it's really a nothing show. When it really needs to be AEW's B-show, it's true B-show at a great time slot, a decent time slot. Maybe there's more to that that we are aware of as far as fans go, as far as financing and things like that. But I'm just here to tell you that the show's not entertaining. No. And there's a reason why I stopped covering it. It's not entertaining. Anyway, guys, that is all we got, man. We uh, we ran through the review in uh, some decent time tonight. We went over the news. We gave you yep. our uh, expert opinion. We did what we did better than anybody in the community. What, what else you want from me, man? Now I'm now I'm about to clean up. I have uh, to take care of my PC issue tomorrow, which is uh, annoying. And then uh, hopefully we, we will get Destiny to play, man. I know. Yeah, there you go. New season to jump into. Anyway, guys, uh, I appreciate all of you for hanging out tonight, and uh, I will see you uh, probably tomorrow with something, depending on the news, and then next time you see me live is going to be on Friday for SmackDown, and then we'll be live for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be awesome. Jesse's not going to be watching it. Jesse will not be live with me. He's got family duties. Are you going to cover ROH full-time when it when it gets its own show? Yes. You are? Okay. Yes. I feel like I have to. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do on Saturday because we got the Ring of Honor show, and then directly after that is NXT deadline, so I'll probably be live unless you guys want me to go live after NXT. I don't know. Maybe, both uh, at one time? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll talk about both. I, I, it depends on what's going to happen. I'll see what everybody else is doing. You know, I kind of gauge, but... Uh, I feel like this deadline show is going to be uh, a decent watch. Anyway, we'll figure it out on Saturday. It's going to be a busy weekend. Uh, make sure you guys follow me on social media, guys. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go check out all the other videos, including that really great extra I did yesterday. So go check that out. Um, and everything else you might have missed. Monday Night Raw is there. And then Off the Script on Sunday night was great. Episode 455. Go check that out. And hit that subscribe button, as always. Hit the subscribe button. Turn on the bell for notifications. TikTok, Cameo, Twitter, Instagram, all my social media. Link down below in the description of this very video. And please, guys, hit that thumbs up. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Support the channel. It's a great way to get the channel out there to new eyes, new ears, new listeners. 
all by hitting the thumbs up. Thank you for the memberships tonight. Thank you for the super chats. And again, I'll see you guys on Friday live from the venue on the SmackDown post show. Guys, I'm going to need a couple of things from me before I get out of here, though. Number one, I need those ace emojis in the chat. I need those guitar emojis, the rock on emojis, the Mustang emojis. I want to see them all. And then when that guitar solo comes on, guys, I'm going to need that music on max. Thank you for a great stream. Thank you for the generosity tonight with the Super Chats. And I will see you guys on Friday right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later. We'll